This is your award-winning BCFM on 93.2, 24 hours a day. Good morning and welcome to One Love, One Planet, the award-winning environmental radio show here on BCFM where we talk all things environmental in Bristol, the UK and the rest of the world. My name's Shona Jamfrey. I'm presenting this programme for several months while the amazing Penny Southgate has a very well-deserved rest and recharges her batteries. So we'll be looking at a new story uh, about the environment and we normally do that both looking at Bristol and further afield. We normally play some tunes and today we have two interviews with you about local green initiatives happening it's a bumper pack show today first we'll hear from Rachel Moffat uh, coordinator at Bristol Energy Network all about their community projects their upcoming conference on June the 24th and locally owned community energy and then we will hear from Katie Club from Future Leap telling us all about the festival of sustainable business that's happening this Thursday which we will be looking at ways of that businesses can be greener and that festival has got free entry so welcome to One Love One Planet. Thank you for joining us. Settle in for what is sure to be an interesting hour. Um, we are not going to do our normal full uh, recap of the news because uh, we've, the interviews are so good and take up most of the show. But I just wanted to cover a couple things. So firstly, you've probably seen it, but if not... Um, the the pictures from New York of the sky turning orange because of the wildfires in Canada was quite striking, quite scary. Um, like quite the pictures, they look so weird. They look, um, yeah, sort of like very something like a movie, of a movie disaster movie or something. And I think it's just uh, shows, I guess, how serious it is at the minute. And there have been going, there have been fires closer to home for us. You know, I've been getting videos of fires happening on some mountains and hills in Wales due to the very dry weather. And um, so it just, I guess, rams home high, you know, present the climate crisis is and how it's affecting people. You know, it's affecting even people like thousands of miles away from the front line, affecting people, people's air quality. You know, it's only going to spread. And obviously we're thinking about the firefighters in Canada. Um, but I think we also need to remember the that there is, you know, there is a lot of change happening as well. There's a lot of people who want change to happen, you know. And I thought that's, you know, I, that's, I think, one of the important things to remember when we are feeling strugg- struggling or feeling despondent. Um, I sign up to this newsletter called Future Crunch, which brings you the more positive stories and things that you may not hear in the news. Um, and I got a headline this week saying, apparently, global renewable power capacity is expected to increase by about a third this year with solar and wind leading the way, and this will be the biggest annual jump ever. The main reason for the increased projections is the tripling of new solar installations in China in the first four months of this year. Big coal exporters like Indonesia, Australia and Russia are already seeing thermal coal prices slide, and the boom is also going to drive the cost of solar to even lower levels. Wind and solar have produced more ener- more electricity in the EU than fossil fuels in May, and that's for the first full month on record. That's the first time that's happened in the EU that wind and solar have produced more electricity than fossil fuels. Almost a third of EU electricity was generated from wind and solar. Fossil fuels only generated 27%. So there is a lot of change happening. There's things that are changing. So, you know, please you know stick at it and uh, we're, we all need everyone in order to tackle these things right talking of needing everyone we're now going to hear from Rachel at uh, uh, Bristol Energy Network which is a really it's really interesting um, yeah she's going to tell us all about some of the community-owned energy uh, projects that they're working on and that they want to kind of because obviously fuel prices have been a big issue and but we know that uh, shareholders have been really benefiting from it while uh, ordinary people are stumping up the 
stumping up the bills. But we're look- uh, she will talk about how community energy is trying to tackle that and trying to give the power back to the people. So we'll listen to that now. It uh, is Rachel Moffat, a coordinator with the Bristol Energy Network, who's going to be telling us all about a conference going on about green energy here in Bristol and various uh, money-saving things that you may still be able to claim to help with your energy scheme, your energy bills, as well as work that is happening going on across the city to make sure to try and switch us to green energy more. So, Rachel, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Very hot this morning. It is extremely <laughs> warm, isn't it? Yeah, we're sat here with windows open. So if you hear uh, like seagulls in the distance, please, uh, that's just bear with us because we, we couldn't we couldn't cope if we if we didn't have the windows open. Um, but yeah, so thank you for coming in. Please do tell us. Uh, so, I mean, I'll admit I don't know a lot about Bristol Energy Network. I should because I've been in Bristol for a while now. But it's not it's one of those things I've never got really in looking into. So can you tell us about it? Yeah, of course. So Bristol Energy Networks, a community interest company. So we're a community facing organization and we work on community energy. So that means um, projects ranging from education projects right up to generation projects, but all projects do with energy. And our mission is um, our vision is for a city where there is clean, green and affordable energy available to everyone um, produced by the community for the community. So we want to see energy back in the hands of communities and communities benefiting from it. And just to be clear, so that you're not the same as Bristol Energy, which is obviously the energy supply company that the council owned that there was uh, yeah, a lot of controversy over, but you're, you are not them. Definitely not the same, <laughs> no. We were around for quite a while before then and we're a community organisation, not a, not a company. Okay, so you don't provide the energy, but you are busy trying to uh, give people lots of information and coordinate ways to make energy greener and better for everyone. Absolutely. And the community is at the heart of what we do. So my sort of analogy, when people ask me what community energy is, a lot of people say, oh, does that mean renewables and wind turbines and solar power? And that is all part of it. But most importantly, it's about the ownership structures, because we could go all green tomorrow and it would be great for our planet. But um, if that was all owned by private companies, then people would still be in fuel poverty. People would still be struggling to pay their bills. So we want to see an equity there. We, want, uh, we do want clean energy. We do want it to be good for the planet, but we want people to be able to afford it and to benefit from owning their own assets. I mean, that sounds amazing. That sounds really important. And are there, um, what sort of, I'm just trying to think of examples of this, what, uh, what sort of examples would there be, are there maybe already out there of community energy? Well, it's perfect that we're in Eastern Community Centre this morning because we're, we're working with Eastside Community Trust, who are based here, on their community climate action projects. So they've done a lot of work to find out what the community wants from climate action. And um, they're, we're now running what they call their demonstrator projects. So we've been looking at the physical building here in um, East, East, uh, Eastern Community Centre, and we'll be looking at other buildings across the board to see how they can improve their energy efficiency because big community buildings, they spend an absolute fortune on their bills. So it's about being sustainable and, you know, um, as a centre so they can still afford to run. So here in the centre, they've be, we, they, we did an energy audit. We did a big thermal study of the building to understand where it was losing its energy and its heat. And we've been addressing those issues. And then we're also working with local residents, some amazing um, community energy, some champions in, uh, in the area. 
And they're, um, again, they've had thermal studies of their homes done, um, all different types of homes. And now they're learning um, through a course we're running called Warm Up, Skill Up. They're learning how to make little changes around their homes, your basic draft proofing me measures and insulation and all those DIY projects. They're really low cost, but make a huge difference on your bills come the winter. So That sounds amazing. I mean, is there still a chance for people to get involved in that, if that's something they're interested in? So this cohort is up and running, but we're, we're hoping that this will continue and grow. So if you're interested, absolutely get in touch with Emily at the community centre here, because um, she'll, she'll be able to give you lots of information about the project. Amazing. And um, the... I've heard a lot, obviously, about the wind turbine in Lawrence Weston. Is that anything to do with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my colleague, um, Dave Tudgy, he's been working for many years now with um, Ambition Lawrence Weston, who are a fantastic community organisation out in Lawrence Weston. And um, for, they worked for a long time um, getting a project together, understanding what the need was for the area in Lawrence Weston, which was a really um, forgotten about area and a lot of people struggling to pay their bills there. So they wanted to do something that would address the fact that people were struggling to pay their energy bills. So it took a long, long time, but they've just erected England's largest onshore wind turbine. It's, wow, I yeah. didn't realise it was that <laughs> oh, yeah. big. It's, it's, it's a monster. Um, <laughs> it's down in Avonmouth, and it is turning now. It's up, it's running, it's turning, and it's, pro it's producing, or it will produce, 4.2 megawatts of um, energy. So that's enough to roughly um, power three and a half thousand homes for a year um, and the best thing about it is it's community owned so all that um, all the money from producing that energy will go back to the community. Amazing so people will still need to pay some money to use that energy but then the profits from that rather than going to shareholders or whatever like we've been seeing in the news yeah. um, will go back toward the community and sort of um, in improving fuel uh, tackling fuel poverty exactly. for everyone yeah exactly that so the, the profit from selling that energy is going back to ambition lawrence weston who will use it for their community development projects for, and again that's where it's important for us it's not just about green energy it, it's whatever they choose to use that money for to help their community and develop their community it's it's using energy as a way to address community priorities Amazing. I mean, since we're talking about Lawrence Weston, let's uh, talk now about this conference that's happening because that's in the Lawrence Weston area. So that is on Saturday, the 24th of June. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what's it about? Yeah, so um, Bristol Energy Network, we have an annual conference, Energy Transitions Conference, um, to try and bring together lots of fascinating, interesting people and projects and, and anyone who's interested and wants to come along to find out about what's going on. Um, specifically, this one is specifically focused around Bristol in the Southwest because we'll be talking quite a lot about some green recovery funding projects that are coming through. So that is ones that the West of England Combined Authority have provided funding for. So we um, received uh, a grant or in the process of receiving a grant to look, um, to look at uh, communities and see if there's more possibility for developing more turbines across the Southwest, which would be amazing. Uh, Bristol Energy Cooperative, they received one as well to continue their incredible work developing more solar rooftops across the city. They've done um, lots of projects across the city and again it's community owned and um, the Centre for Sustainability received one 
um, to set up something that's called Retrofit West, which is going to be an accelerator to help people with retrofit, which is a new term that people are starting to hear about. And that's all about how we can make changes and improvements to our homes to make them warmer, better ventilated and more efficient and cheaper to run. That's amazing because, yeah, last I heard was that we don't actually have enough tradespeople in the area trained up to do the retrofitting, to do all the retrofitting that is needed. So if there is a way to accelerate that and get more people trained up, then that sounds incredible. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, you know, that's a big focus across the whole region is that we really need to get people um, understanding what's going on and get the, get the trades on board so that we can all start doing this work that we have to do to our homes. Amazing. So, yeah, so tell me, tell us a bit about the, how the day is going to look, the conference, if people are maybe interested, like who are you sort of wanting to attend and what, what time does it start? Is there food? Is there tea, coffee? <laughs> All the important questions. <laughs> so yeah, I'll start, I'll, I'll kick off at 10am. I have to say in advance, it's currently sold out. It's a free event, but it's sold out. However, if you're very keen, then please do get in touch because we'll be starting a wait list and there's always people who return their tickets. So, so if you want to come along, please do get in touch and, and add your name to the list because I would imagine we'll be able to release some more tickets. Um, but we want anyone who's interested, you know, especially if you come from a community and you want to do something in your area, come and find out what's possible. Come and, and see what other people are doing and see whether or not that's something you can do in your area because, um, you know, this needs to be a, a combined effort and Without getting too political, uh, if we wait on central government to do these projects, we'll be waiting a long time. Um, we have been waiting a long time. So, we, you know, communities are so good at understanding what, what we need and what's best for us. Um, so doing it ourselves is a really effective way of, of making change. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are no fans of the Tories here at BCFM. You don't have to be politically <laughs> correct about that here. <laughs> um, Okay, so that sounds amazing. So if yeah, people are interested, uh, maybe get on the wait list. I'm gutted because I was going to book a ticket. So maybe I'll have to get on that Pop wait list for down. you. Def- I'm sure there will be space. Um, okay, amazing. And then, and, and as you said, as a chance, there'll also be a chance to go have a look at the wind turbine as well as part of that, I heard. Yeah, so. afterwards. So the reason we chose um, King's Western House is that there will actually be a little view of the turbine. So we thought that would be particularly nice to, to see community energy in, in all its glory, if you like. Um, and then afterwards, yeah, people will be car sharing and, and going down to the site to, to have a, a bit of a closer up look at it for those who are interested. Amazing. And... Um, yeah, so and um, so if people are maybe interested, how else can they get involved if maybe they can't make the the conference or it's sold out? Um, sort of, yeah. How else would you? What would you be wanting people to do to get involved with you guys? Well, you know, like start start talking to your neighbours about energy issues. You know, start sharing energy saving tips. You know, if there are things that you do, one of the things that I do is I go out and speak to a lot of people about how to reduce their bills. Um, so around what what helps available and all the kind of little things you can do that save money, like turning down your thermostat by by one degree can save you over hundred pounds a year at the moment. Um, adjusting your boiler will save you a lot of money. They, they tend to be set really high at like 80, 80 degrees. They can be down to 60, if not 50. Um, and that will save you hundreds of pounds a year off your bills. So those little hints and tips, and everyone's got their own versions. So I, what I love about this kind of work is you go out and you say, oh, did you know you could do this? And they're like, yeah, and did you know that you can do this? Which is great, because that's, you know, that's what it's about. And that is the start of community energy. It's like talking about energy, talking to your friends, your family, your neighbors. And if you, you know, if you are interested in 
getting involved in a, in a larger community project or a neighborhood project, find out where, if there's a, a local, what we call anchor organization, um, uh, like, for example, here, Eastside Community Trust, you know, get in touch with them, see if they're already doing something that you could build on. And if, and if they're not, make the suggestion and get in touch with us and we'll see if we can build something together because it, it will make a big difference. Amazing. And you were t- yeah, talking about ways for people to tackle their bills. Mm. Um, uh, I heard that there's, there's some people m- still need to redeem their energy support scheme money, yeah. and, which I thought sort of was paid automatically to people. But yeah, well, that, th- that's not always the case. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up, because I really just wanted to, to mention that. So we all received um, over the winter, we all received what added up to £400 of our energy bills from the government in, in, as a rebate. For a lot of people, that came as 66 or £67 a month. Um, and if you pay automatically by direct debit or if you pay with a smart prepayment meter, you might not have even noticed because it would have just come off your bill. But anyone who pays by key or card meter, they were sent letters with vouchers on them and barcodes, which you have to go and redeem when you top up. Um, so quite a lot of people missed them. They look like bills. So people probably maybe thought, oh, no, thanks, you know, pop it to the side. So I just wanted to a shout out just to remind anyone um, that they must be redeemed by the end of the month. So if you didn't get one or you've lost it, please contact your energy company because they can send you another one, but it, only till the end of June. So if there's any lying around or you didn't get them, get on it now because you're entitled to that money. That's yours, but you need to go and access it. Wow. Yeah. So really important. So people have got till the end of the month to redeem those. So if they think they got that and they've lost it, they should contact their energy provider, see if they can get a replacement yeah. sent out. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and then you also were telling me off air, there's something about for people who aren't on gas at the minute, you want them yeah. to get in touch for something. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's this project that's running through the city with um, the council and the new Brit- Bristol City Leap project that's happening across the city. And it's called Bright Green Homes. And it's a funding project for um, people who are not on gas, who don't use gas to heat their homes. And um, there is a funding for improvements to their homes like like insulation, possibly new heating systems, possibly panels, solar panels even, depending on their eligibility and criteria. So the eligibility is that um, this is for owner-occupied or private rented homes, so not for social housing at the moment. There's another project happening for that. Um, And either um, on a a low-income household or in a low-income area, so both of those things, and if it and if it's a cold home. So if you know it's drafty and cold, or your bills are really high, and you don't use gas to heat your home, then this one is for you. So please get in touch, um, or you know, look up Bright Green Homes Bristol, and there'll be information there. Or you can look on our Bristol Energy Network website and search for it, where it it's on there as well. But it's a really amazing funding package, and it um, and you know they they take you through the whole process and do the works for you. Um, so if you or anyone you know is not on gas, just apply. You know, it doesn't matter if you if you're if it turns out you're not eligible, so be it. But you've got nothing to lose in applying. So please do sign up for Bright Green Homes if you're not using gas to heat your home. Amazing. Yeah. And so then that you could potentially qualify for a funding package to help tackle, like you say, drafts or yeah. fuel issues or. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason it, it's um, so some people are asking, you know, what, why not gas? Because obviously most people are on gas. So that makes sense. And. Uh, we're very much hoping that that's going to come. But the reason that they're starting with people off gas is that gas, despite the massive price hikes, it's still the cheapest way to heat your home. 
So anyone who's paying to either use um, electric heating or solid fuel or LPG, any of these older forms of heating, they'll be paying a lot more. So they're at higher risk of, of, of fuel poverty, basically. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Um, and is there anything, yeah, thank you for coming in. Is there anything else you want to raise or shout out or sort of tell people about while you're here? Yeah, well, I suppose I mean, it's so hard to think about being cold on a day like today, um, which is another thing to think about. We've got to start thinking about it being too hot as well. So ventilation and, and understanding how heat moves around your home is something to think about in the summer as well as the winter, you know. So in the summer, we do kind of need to shut out that hot air and try and block out some of the direct sun coming in and heating up our homes because that's not healthy either. But while the sun is shining, it's a great time to do some DIY, get those little jobs done that, you you know, you weren't motivated to do in the winter. So like um, caulking the top of your skirting boards, if they're on external walls, loads of drafts come in and up through your skirting boards. So it's a small job that you'll be so glad you did um, by wintertime. Uh, I think I need to do that then because, yeah, I've got my, some of my skirting boards are coming away from my wall, so I probably need to Absolutely. fix that. Yeah. There'll, be a, there'll be a gale blowing through them in the winter. So Okay, good to know. I thought skir- skirting boards were just for looks, just pretty, <laughs> yeah. but there you go. I am not a DIY person, so that <laughs> oh, clearly me showing. Neither, me neither, <laughs> but when it got that cold and my bills got that high, it turns out I could do it. <laughs> wow, there you go. You learn something every day. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming in, Rachel. Really appreciate it. And yeah, good luck with the conference on Saturday the 24th. And yeah, if people want to get in touch with you or your team best ways through the Bristol Energy Network website, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Or you can email me at coordinator at bristolenergynetwork.org. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. BCFM. And today we have a very special guest with us, Katie Club from Future Leap, who's going to be telling us all about a festival celebrating sustainable uh, business. Katie, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me today, Shona. No worries. Thank you for coming on. So, yes, please tell us all about this. I hadn't heard about it, I'll be honest, before I sort of saw, um, yes, on email about it. But, yeah, tell us all about it because it's been going you know, this isn't the first year it's been going. Tell us what it does. Yeah, so we've been going a couple of years now. Um, This is the second year in um, the current location. So the Festival of Sustainable Business exhibition um, is this wonderful kind of celebration of um, sustainable business and how we as individuals, as community members, as students um, can all play our part. Um, in the kind of just transition to a net zero future. So it kind of focuses on um, inspiring individuals um, and in learning that you can gain from the talk stages and also in fostering connections um, at our networking zone that we've got on the day. So it's going to be a really, really exciting day, really buzzy. Um, In the past, we've had almost a thousand people through the door on the day. And this year it's kind of bigger and better with um, a separate kind of zone for our, it's called the Just Transition talk stage. Um, So we've got all of the the kind of areas of of paintworks. We've got the downstairs um, exhibition space. We've got the upstairs bocker bar and also the outside courtyard where we're having um, a sustainable transport zone. So you're able to test drive um, different electric vehicles on the day if uh, you're interested in that. And then, yeah, the talk stage is going to be um, filled with a really exciting programme um, of panel discussions, um, of inspiring talks. Um, and we've got lots of lots of different topics. So um, we kick off the day 
on that talk stage at 10.30 um, with a talk on sustainable investments. Um, then we go on to um, a talk from some of our sustainability consultants all around how businesses can reach net zero and those net zero targets. Um, then we've got a fantastic um, guest joining us, Tracy Lewis from Catalyze Change, um, and she'll be talking about some supporting young people on careers in sustainability um, and how they can be change makers and be inspired um, themselves as well. Then we've got a talk all around sustainable construction, um, communicating sustainability um, and how marketing and organisations can really get behind um, and help communicate and avoid kind of greenwashing. Then we've got biodiversity in business, green skills and also active travel. So really covers a, a wealth and breadth of um, different topics around sustainability and something for lots of different members of the community. So, yeah, your student kind of um, market and trying to yeah, really inspire them into those green careers, um, your businesses um, and your individuals and inspiring individuals and what kind of actions they can have themselves. Well, I mean, it sounds amazing and it's all free to attend. Is that right? It is. Yeah. So we just ask that you try and um, sign up in advance. You can sign up on the day, um, but just to kind of avoid um, lots of kind of crowding at the sign up tent on the day, we would really encourage um, sign up in advance. So to do that, you just go to the Festival of Sustainable Business website. So just type in on Google, um, Future Leap Festival of Sustainable Business. Um, and then there's a big um, kind of bar that says, get your tickets here. Um, and just a quick sign up for those free tickets. Um, you also get free tea and coffee on the day. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah. So it's it's going on from 10 till 4 p.m. And um, that's this Thursday, the 15th of it's June? It's the 15th of June, yeah. Thursday, the 15th of June. Um, and yeah, the location is Paintworks. Um, so that's just by Arnos Vale Cemetery, um, which is gorgeous at this time of year so yeah we say to people you can combine your day with going for a beautiful walk around the woodlands there and stuff as well so really experience that nature that we're um yeah we're celebrating um through the festival and it comes at a really good time because we've just had um world environment day as well so um and that the theme around that was um all around breaking the the tide on on plastics um so yeah it, it's gr it's great to kind of continue those um times of celebration and, and really celebrate the positive things that we can be doing and looking at all these incredible solutions um for these kind of planetary issues that are being showcased through the festival so that's what it's really about it's showing like look there's so many incredible things going on there's so much that we can do um and yeah we don't have to be kind of um struggling with um with kind of despair on what we can be doing like it's all about inspiring people to action and you said you were telling me off air that this is part one this is like part two of a three part there's three different sections to this whole thing what are the other two parts yes exactly so we kicked off the festival of sustainable business with a conference um, back in march so again, that was kind of longer um, kind of talk. So we had five seminars throughout the day on different topics around um, sustainability again and some really great keynote speakers that were involved there. So that kind of set the scene. Um, then, yeah, the exhibition is probably the largest um, part that brings in the most people and is um, the, the free part of, of the offering. Um, and then we finish with the award ceremony, uh, which is in October. 
So it's worth noting that um, our sustainable business awards have also just opened and um, the deadline for applying is the 22nd of June. So there's some different award categories. So if any listeners um, think that they might fit into one of these categories, then I really urge you to apply. It's free to apply and there's some fantastic perks um, of just being nominated. You can come along to that event um, and see, again, more kind of inspiring stories about what um, different organisations are doing to tackle the climate crisis. Um, and then if you win as well, you get um, a free membership to the... Um, uh, Future Leap Sustainable Business Network and yeah lots of other perks involved there so um, the award categories are biodiversity, um, social sustainability, innovation in low carbon tech, circular economy and waste and finally communicating the climate and ecological emergency um, so yeah really really encourage anyone who's listening if they um, know of an organisation a charity um, that is doing something fantastic around one of those areas please do nominate them as well um, you can nominate yourself or someone else um, through the website again so again just go to that festival of sustainable business website and all the details um, on how to apply are on there as well and so that's for or as for nominating businesses or charities or organizations that are maybe doing something something special or yes, yes yeah exactly to. exactly and in, in any of those areas and yeah, it can be it can be anything. So we've had um, such a range of organisations applying in the past, and um, it's really a chance to shout about um, some actions. And we know that there's so many businesses and so many charities, organisations um, across Bristol, across the southwest, that are doing something. But you don't also have to be southwest based. Um, our network is growing um, geographically, Future Leap, and our offering is really expanding. Um, so yeah we're, we're becoming a lot more um kind of focused on across the uk rather than just bristol and the southwest which is where we kind of started yeah i wanted to ask you a bit about the network so what 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 is that can you talk a bit more about that yeah definitely so my role um is account manager for the sustainable business network and the network of future leap has been going the longest it's the oldest part of um, the offering of Future Leap. Um, so I think it's been over 20 years and had lots of different um, kind of names. So it st kind of started off as Low Carbon Southwest and has been the Future Economy Group and um, and has kind of changed a lot over the years. But it's always had this focus on bringing organisations together that really want to collaborate on tackling the climate crisis and these um, issues. So um, we have over 400 organisations um, who have all made this commitment to um, yeah, uniting on, um, on tackling these issues around climate. Um, and they can range from individuals, so that our kind of um, lowest paid membership is for an individual. Um, then it goes right up to um, premium uh, members who are organisations of over 30 members. So we've got the likes of both universities, the, uh, the City Council, Bristol City Leap, um, the new partnership that's been created um, with the City Council and Amoresco and Vattenfall. Um, we've yeah got lots of um, big environmental tech players, so Mitsubishi and Kenza, who um, do your air source heat pumps and all about decarbonising the heat network. Um, 
and then lots of yeah really local um, charities as well so it's such a fantastic mix um, of organizations and I think the benefit of that is that you've got so many different um, points of view and voices and uh, kind of players that can support one another so one of my key roles is all about looking for where there's synergy between different members um, and making introductions um, and yeah, keeping up to date with what different members are doing and being like oh you're doing that fantastic project have you spoken to so and so well western college who are doing um looking for someone in that area as well so it's all about yeah kind of putting the the jigsaw pieces together because um i think that's one of the most important things and barriers to change and to kind of tackling these systemic issues um and yeah i kind of see it as a bit of like a an ecological web of everyone kind of um fitting in and, and helping each other and yeah just like in nature kind of everyone relies on each other and, and that's how it should be with businesses and with organizations um so it's a yeah really action oriented um network and we offer regular events uh, around topics on sustainability almost weekly throughout the year and after all those events there's such a buzz in the room and such a a drive to action um which i think is really special and everyone that comes just yeah leaves feeling so inspired and, and just so connected um which is i think one of the most special things about future leap and what we've kind of created amazing and yeah i mean i was i was going to say are there any specific uh events or introductions that like are you particularly remember and you're like oh that was that was something special or something really cool came out of that or you talked about the pre festival in previous years you know mm. do you have any special memories of of any of those talks i think these like amazing connections happen all the time um and it's one of yeah my kind of favorite parts of the job is when you make an introduction and it really like kind of takes off um so just one recently was um between graphic science who are all about um supporting young people into careers in stem and especially around sustainability um and there was an intro that we made there from them um to a school who were looking for um a speaker to inspire um, their year 12s who'd specifically asked um, to have someone come in that could talk about uh, green careers um, and that was one that I thought that was amazing that at that age at such a kind of key point they're really thinking about and really wanting to know more about green careers and, and sustainability and that was such a positive thing to hear um, and so yeah when, when you see those like really beneficial kind of um, connections that suddenly yeah they like they might they might that might have happened kind of organically but it could have taken a lot longer and stuff so um that just feels really nice to see but yeah they kind of happen every day um within the network and yeah especially at places like the festival of sustainable business where we have this um networking zone um, which is uh, sponsored by termex um very yeah very grateful to them and we've got that zone is bigger and, and better than it ever has been this year because we recognise yeah, the importance of um, making those connections at events like that. So um, that that is a really special part um, of the day. And I think just speaking to so many people and seeing everyone so um, enthused on the day is, is really fun. Um, and lots of freebies and things like that as well. I got last year... Um, 
lots of kind of yeah sustainable freebies so I got lots of those like um wildflower seed bombs oh yeah I've, I've been seeing more and more of these yeah, yeah and I planted them um in some old pots because I don't have any green space um where I live but I planted them in these big um pots a couple of months ago and they're all coming out and on my oh, windowsill outside lovely. yeah so it's quite a nice little reminder of the festival last year and um yeah yeah exciting for yeah. <laughs> and I was gonna say like networking sometimes it can feel it can feel scary it's mm. like especially for people who've worked in like business and just like networking it's so you know it can sort of send a shudder but it is just talking to people and you know make making connections like you say and humans needing those connections and sort of learning learning what people are interested in and then you collaborating on things like you said and I'm sure if there's other educational establishments listening who are like oh yeah we could do with some green speakers coming in to talk mm. to our young people that you futurely could potentially put them in contact with those exactly yeah and on that note I, yeah we do completely understand that networking is something that you do have to kind of practice at um, but we think situations like the festival are really good opportunities for that because it is such a laid back space there's such a mix of business community um, students and so I think it's the perfect space to kind of give that a bit of a go and have that introduction because it's such a friendly warm environment um, and there'll be all of our kind of team members there and um, helping to support and and chat to people um, but we do have a quite a big focus on that on these kind of um, more authentic sociable relaxed ways of networking so one of our um, regular events which is really popular within the network um, is our net walking event which is um, every two months and we did the last one um, last week on Wednesday and we take uh, members of the community and also our network out to a different green space every time and we walk for an hour and we have stop and swaps along the way so you get to speak to everyone in the group um, and we have an optional theme for it's sort of like event. sort of like speed dating but you're going for a exactly. walk at the same time yeah and uh, so last week's theme was uh, around world bike day because that was around the same time and talking about sustainable travel options um, but it also coincided nicely with um, the Bristol Walking Festival so we had a number of people that had got involved because they'd seen um, the events in the Bristol Walking Programme um, so it was a nice to kind of um, get a new audience as well that wasn't um, just kind of members of our network and that's a really nice place to mix yeah and members of the network with public um, and spread the word about what we're doing getting more people involved um but i think it's the element of you're being in a green space which we know psychologically has a positive effect on our mental health and our, our levels of kind of anxiety and really it has great um response to reducing that and not having to be focused on making kind of eye contact the whole time you've got things to talk about and look at in the surroundings as well and a lot of great connections are made there and it's really great to see everyone afterwards kind of stopping and um, adding each other and getting each other's emails and staying in contact. Um, but yeah, we, we know that um, it's it can be a bit of a daunting thing, but we have people that said that was their first experience ever of 
networking and now they come to all of our networking events because they really love the crowd and um and how much they have in common with a kind of like-minded crowd that comes along um so yeah i would encourage anyone to come along to them i think if you're not a member of the network it's only about two pounds to come along so um if you want to hear more about future leap and you want to just come on a walk with us um yeah there's no agenda you don't have to be an expert in sustainability or anything like that um even if you just want to come and have a walk in a green space you'd always be welcome to come along amazing and oh uh, yeah i was going to ask because so you said that obviously the council and city leap are sort of part of the network mm. but, and i think i in because future leap i guess sounds very similar to city leap yeah but, yeah, but you are you part of the council or sponsored by them or is it completely separate or how does that work? So we're supported by them quite a lot. So um, Bristol City Leap are sponsors of the festival, which is awesome. So they're sponsoring the Just Transition talk stage. Um, and we're looking at how we can work closer with the city council always and um, and set up kind of a smaller network for them and and so there's lots of talks about how we can get more um involved and support them even further um but we are very connected we um put on we hosted bristol city leaps um uh, the launch party and their roadshow events that they ran across april and may uh, so those were really great events that were run in different locations in the community, trying to get the community more engaged with that partnership because um, the City Leap partnership is all about bringing investment into the city. It's a world-class first um, partnership between yeah, the City Council and um, Amoresco that have formed uh, this new entity, which is City Leap. And they're bringing five hundred million pounds in to decarbonise the heat network. So working on things like community heat, um, district heating, um, and putting in uh, heat pumps. So it's really, really exciting. Um, so to be working with them, um, it's in such a kind of yeah world first partnership. And we've got members of uh, City Leap and the City Council speaking on a panel on the day. So if anyone listening wants to hear more about um, that partnership and, and what City Leap are doing and plan to do in the next um, five years, then do come along and you can have any questions answered there. Great. So anyone can go along to the festival on Thursday, 15th of June. It's at the Paintworks and people can ideally sign up in advance to go because you said last year there's a bit of a, a queue to sign up on the day. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe particularly interesting for students or businesses interested in it or but anyone really who's got an interest um but you said um future leap are also doing a bunch of other stuff what else is coming up or what how else can people get involved yeah so as an organization we're expanding we've just launched our own media studio which is really exciting so we had the launch night a couple of weeks ago um so that space is going to be bookable by the hour because what, what, what's a media studio what does it look like it's got cameras and so stuff? yeah we've got this amazing um green infinity screen uh, which you can use for recording films tv um commercials anything like that um with cameras so we, we're going to have a wet and dry hire which um i think people in the industry will be more familiar with so um the the I'm sure you know what the, the difference more than I do, but um, it's you can have 
the hire with no equipment so you can bring all of your own equipment right up until we can um, staff that equipment for you like bring in all the equipment that you need um, and so there's a, a range of options available there so you can just hire the space we can hire the space with everything included um, as well so yeah, it's the film and TV studio. Then we've also got a podcast studio um, and post-production studio, as well as um, a room that's all set up for kind of product placement photography and things like that. So the whole point of kind of that added resource and that added service um, for Future Leap is all about communicating the climate crisis. So supporting our members to make those next steps in being able to get content out there and share the work that they're doing because we know that podcasting and film and uh, video are such key ways to really get the message out there um, and capture people's kind of imaginations. So we're really excited to bring more creatives into the network as well um, and into our community so it's going to be a, a fantastic kind of extra um, service that we can offer and we're also looking to start our own podcast in the next couple of months where we'll be able to um, again yeah showcase our members activities and and really drill down into more of these topics and and have really great authentic kind of chats about them as well. Amazing. And did I hear that you're hiring as well? That's right. So if anyone wants to join the Future Leap <laughs> team, yeah, we've got two positions at least at the minute um, for new business development roles. So um, I mentioned about how we're kind of expanding geographically and looking to set up kind of um, additional hubs to replicate the model of um, we've got the um, co-working spaces and then out of those we run lots of different environmental services so our sustainability consultancy future leap finance team so supporting um the funding of some of those large um kind of uh, expenditures on environmental tech um our events team our sustainable cafe um, and catering service so all of those kind of um, services are run out of our hubs and it's really uh, great to have that kind of physical location for the network and network members as well to kind of meet in and um and come along to those events so yeah we're looking to expand that model across the country so um one of the roles is in bath and one of them is in exeter so they're the, the next locations that we'd ideally love to open these hubs um as we know they've got a really active um community that would really benefit from um the services that we kind of offer so um, it's going to be a really like dynamic, really exciting role, those two roles, um, doing a bit of everything at, at Future Leap and yeah, really engaging the community, getting more people involved um, and really sharing the message and, and trying to inspire more businesses, more individuals and how they can get involved with individual or business action around um, environmental sustainability. Amazing. So lots going on at Future Leap. So you've got the Festival of Sustainable Business on Thursday the 15th. And then you've also got the awards that people can nominate themselves or others for until the 22nd mm -hmm. of June. And then there's the jobs also coming out. And also people can keep an eye out for the podcast or join the networking or networking events. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, is there anything? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about a lot. Is there anything else you want to cover? Anything else you want to leave us with? 
Um, I think just, yeah, get involved. If you want to just sign up to our newsletter, that's another great way of keeping up to date with what's going on, on different opportunities, events that you can get involved with. Um, and of course, I will plug the network as well. Um, we're always looking to expand our, um, yeah, dedicated, amazing, committed, like passionate group of businesses that we have involved and charities and, and individuals so if you'd like to um, get more involved with Future Leap you get access to all of our events for free um, through your membership then yeah have opportunities to gain all of those connections and support um, and also promote yourself throughout the network um, and across our newsletter our social media channels and all that kind of stuff so um, if you're an organization that really wants to um, kind of step up your involvement in the kind of green economy across Bristol across the southwest um, and now further afield as well um, then do think about joining as a member um, but yeah if you're an individual and, and you kind of don't want to um, commit to that kind of paid um fee annual fee um yeah please sign up to our newsletter come along to the festival for free um and follow us on our social media channels as well to kind of keep up to date so lots of ways to get involved at every level which i think is a really um great thing so we can really bring everyone along on this journey which is what we need to do in order to um to really have a positive difference amazing oh well katie thank you so much thanks for coming in oh thank you so much shown and have a wonderful day and thanks to both Rachel and Katie for those interviews. Uh, that is a busy show we've had for you. I'll very last couple quick uh, sum ups before we go for your news. Don't forget that this week weekend is Bristol Transformed Festival starting on Friday night with a comedy night by the People's Comedy at PRSC. It goes on all through Saturday and Sunday. There's 30 sessions across the weekend included in the festival tickets, including one um, about climate imperialism with activist Gekye Tano, who's calling in all the way from Ghana to speak with us. Jeremy Corbyn will be there in person on Saturday afternoon to demonstrate his best jam making tips while talking about food sustainability. And there's also the legendary party on the Saturday night at Lost Horizons and a socialist escape room. Find out everything you need to know and book your tickets at Bristol Transformed website and hopefully see you there. Um, that brings us to the end of a show, I, I believe. Thank you again to Rachel and Katie for the interviews. That was very interesting. And it's appropriate to celebrate because this week is, in fact, the Great Big Green Week, which is the UK's biggest ever celebration of community action to take to tackle climate change and protect nature. There's events going on across the country to celebrate it. So do get involved by checking out the website at greatbiggreenweek.com. And thank you to you, our listeners, for listening. Without you, there is no show. Uh, please do join us next week when we're going to be talking to Caroline Dennett, a consultant who a year ago very publicly quit her contract at Shell. And then this year, um, addressed the Shell AGM, presented a report on their epic fails in safety performance which she says have contributed to leaks and spills in the Niger Delta so um, that's Caroline Dennett uh, that interview is next week and that is a really good one and I, we're going to try in the future as well talking to some of the activists in the Niger Delta who have been personally affected by it and hear about how they are fighting back next up on lunch on BCFM is lunchtime with Tristan B so keep it locked to BCFM for more tunes and chat but I think that's everything so that's all from me Shona Jamfrey so now so please do have a good day um, look after yourselves look after the planet and look after after each other and yeah we'll see you next week enjoy the sunshine 
drink lots of water. This is the podcast version of One Love, One Planet, the award-winning environmental radio show, broadcast every Tuesday at 11am on BCFM Radio, available on 93.2 FM, on digital radio and on the BCFM website. The show was produced and presented by Shona Jemfrey. You can find us on Twitter at Shona Jemfrey and at BCFM Radio.